1: Hello and welcome to the pre-season review episode of the Blues Focus Podcast, airing weekly on Spotify, iTunes and on YouTube. I'm Kieran, the host for this episode, and with me I've got Elliot. Uh, We're going to get straight into it this week, Um, starting with the news this afternoon of Ivan Sanchez finally confirming his transfer on free contract, three years with the option of a fourth. Um, Seems to be the one that's excited the fans the most so far. What are your views on it?
0: Yeah, yeah, really pleased with it. Um, I think it's really good business. I think I'm quite impressed with what the club's done so far. Um, yeah, I mean, no transfer fee. I'm imagining the wages are quite, you know, not massively low, but not too high. Um, and yeah, he looks a useful player, a useful prospect. But as we know, I think there's quite a, a large step up from the, the second division in Spain to the Championship. So it would be interesting to see what he can do next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, straight away you draw comparisons to Alba last year who seemed to hit the ground running and obviously it never really quite worked out for, obviously, uh, whatever reason, uh, whether it's the other half or not settling it in over here. But obviously, hopefully we don't see that from, from Sanchez. But how do you see him fitting into the side? What, what's your views on where he'll start, obviously? Yeah, and what input will he have?
0: Uh, like I say, I think I think it, I, I speak for most supporters. I've never heard of a guy before we were sort of linked to him, um, and having seen obviously some some of the clips of him <clears throat> from this season, well, the last sort of two or three seasons he's had in Spain, he looks sort of a predominantly um, heavily uh, a left-sided or a left-footed player. Um, likes to cut inside so it could it could be quite predictable I think next season um, so I think Carranca might like to play in uh, right or left sides, I think he looks sort of adepst, um at playing either side I think, could even put, potentially play behind the striker
1: as well Yeah I remember the last time we had a predominantly left footed Spanish player on the right hand side <laughs> that ended well for us didn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah no,
1: it wasn't so good was it? <laughs> Yeah, I think Karanka obviously has a plan in place, yeah. hence why he come here. Obviously, whether this was a one of the names that Carrancas put forward, obviously from his time over in Spain over the past twelve months, watching, you know, he says he was studying the game. Um, whether it's one of the players that's caught his eye, um, but I think, knowing Carrancas' formation, four-two-three-one, you've got to assume he'll fit in in that free. With what Crowley
0: and Bella, perhaps? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, I would. I'd imagine. Uh, obviously, we're quite still quite early on in the um, the transfer window, um, so we don't know. I, I imagine there's going to be at least another handful of uh, players that are going to come into the side. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how he's. I think. I think he he wants uh, a little bit more versatility. I think. from what I'm seeing of the players that he's brought in so far so um, potentially if um, what's, be, what's been said today with potentially Leco coming in, uh, again another player can potentially play in the striker role um, off the striker um, he can play right side potentially or left side um, so looks a very useful player as well so it could be uh, very much, uh, we could be very much a side next season um, that could rotate players into different positions uh, going forwards which would be Uh, Like I say, it'd be really interesting to see. Um, And it makes us less predictable, which would be really good because I think the last season and the season before, we're so predictable with the way we play, you know, with the two up front. Um, And it would just be really nice to see next season a little bit of uh, unpredictability
1: from us. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously you, you say it there, we are obviously at this moment in time really just assuming off what we know we've got in the squad rather than obviously um, other faces potentially coming in and I assume one or two will be going out of the door as well. Um, but one thing I have noticed in pre-season as well is um, obviously going to get a chance because it's pre-season, get the the minutes in the legs, but David Davis, he seems to have been impressed with him. Um, Do you see a way back for him in the Karanka era?
0: Um, It's a difficult one because when he went on loan to Charlton, I was quite surprised with, obviously at the time, our our lack of depth in the squad. Um, And I assumed at the time that it was a move that was probably pushed more by the player he wanted to go out and play some football, which is fair enough. Uh, He's since come back. um, And I'm just not, I'm not sure. I think we're a bit too, I think we're a bit fully stocked in that area. Um, But what I would say about David Davis is in terms of uh, a defensive midfielder, I think he's, I think he's probably our best passer of a ball. Uh, um, Sanjic, He's a bit more uh, agricultural. He'll get around a bit more and, and he, he'll make the tackles and put his foot in. But David Davis, I do, I think he, he can pick a pass. And that's something Kifton Bell can't do. And uh, to an extent, I don't think Gary Gardner's that great with his, um, his distribution either. So I think I think he's ahead of someone like Kifton Bell's. to be perfectly honest. I think if someone's going out the door, I think it will be Kifton Bell.
1: Yeah, interesting to say that. Obviously midfield, plenty of numbers in there, what hence why well, I mentioned Davis, but obviously also the the rumour that seems to be knocking around like of Adam Clayton potentially yeah. coming in as well on a free contract. Karen Kenosin from his time at Middlesbrough. You'd assume he would play in the the pivot with with Sunich. Yeah. And obviously you've got Davis, Gardner, Kift. Um Obviously, all will want minutes. We'll all want to play. So, yeah, I think one of those have got to go. But, yeah, uh, Sunjic hoping for better from him this season. Uh, do you think that Karanka style suit him a bit more than a, the Clotet season? Um, and then, obviously, the ultimate slump at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, if we... If we, uh, if we move towards more of a, a four two three one or 3 or, or, you know, a 4-1, 4-1 four, one, four, one kind of formation, depending on, you know, home and away, I think he would prefer, Sunish will prefer that position where he can just sit in front of the back four and, and, and do the defensive work rather than a little bit more sort of emphasis on him to bring the ball out from the back. It's not. I don't think that's his game at all. Um, his game is just to sit on the halfway line, to be honest. And I think it will see. I think we'll see a better player next season. Um, but I do believe we do need a player next to him as well that can that can uh, distribute the ball a lot better. Um, and unfortunately, we don't have that at the moment. Whether that's Adam Clayton, I don't know. I don't personally know a lot about him and about his profile. So um, hopefully. I'll I'm sure Cranker knows what he's doing. So, we can only trust in um, the players that he wants to bring in.
1: Yeah, as I say, he seems to be going for a fair few of these uh, tried and tested players that got him promoted in his time at Middlesbrough. Obviously, uh, aged since then. So, whether they're the same, you know, whether they've got the same in their legs as they did do how long? Six years ago. Now, seven years ago, however long the it was. But, yeah, one thing we haven't actually touched on on the podcast is the cranker appointment officially being made. We heard the rumours mm. just before our last um, podcast. But, yeah, you're excited. Finally, we've got what seems to be a, a shrewd tactician in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I for optimism, I perhaps?
0: Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> um, I'm optimistic yeah of course any fan's optimistic before the season begins um, I'm more optimistic than uh, this time last year put it that way uh, but Say that yeah I, I, <laughs> I think the last time I spoke on the podcast was just before it was announced and I was saying I was I would have I would have taken Paul Cook at the time uh, and if I had to decide between Paul Cook and Crank I would take Crank all day long Um so, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise when he came in. Um, he, he's definitely a manager. that's um, He's results-driven. Um, he's not particularly going to be bothered about the style of play next season. Uh, if there... He will come in. Which is exactly what we need. We don't need uh, another manager coming in and trying to play possession and passing base football, which is... Which is what they basically wanted to do from the start of last season uh, when Craig Gardner did an interview and said, the only way we're going to get out of this division is to pass our way out and play football to get out of this division. Well, um, we're not going to be able to do that. I'm afraid we don't have the money to spend to bring in a quality. That's good enough to pass that our way out of this division. The only way we're going to get out of this division is to be uh, organized, well set up. And, um, and yeah, and, and, hopefully we'll bring in some, some of the experience like we've always seen with George Friend coming in uh, and the, the sort of know-how to get the results and get it out
1: Yeah, we uh, obviously we touched on it pretty much every episode but last season that we never had the squad to play this, this fancy um, possession-based game how they before thought it was a good idea it was beyond me Um I, for one, and I'm pretty sure I speak for the majority of the Blues fans when I say we don't really care for fancy football, to be honest. With you? Does it matter if we had 70% possession and 900 completed passes if we draw 0-0, for example? They're not the results and the, the style that gets you out of the league, I'm afraid. Is it? it's, as you say, you've got to be difficult to beat. You've got to take your chances, which is one thing we don't do at the minute. Um, and yeah, you've, you've got to be. And I think Karanka knows how to do that. He's proved that time and time again. But interesting thing we touched on before the podcast, going back to the Sanchez signing. And I know we say stats don't make it, and don't make the player what they are. But is it about time we start seeing a player come through the doors that we know for a fact has end product because we always say the goals are what are what's lacking and or the ability to finish. Obviously, we need a new striker as well. Um, but is it about time we start getting these, these players now to, to put the numbers in? Yeah. Because... I know. Yeah. I, you're
0: absolutely right. And I think... I know a lot of people, uh, they hate stats. They're like, you know, stats of her prats and all this sort of thing. But at the end of the day, um, if you're going to, the, the teams that get out of this division are the teams that have strikers that score 20 goals, that have wide forwards or wide midfielders that chip in with multiple assists up to sort of eight to 10 goals. Um, and that's something we haven't had for a long while. Um, I know Djukovic has been doing quite well. Uh, and Che had that good season but we need we need a a 20 goal striker next season Um, and I don't think it matters how old they are or who they are it just needs to be a 20 goal striker Um, it doesn't need to be someone with a sell on uh, value Um, we just need the goals it's what we need we need someone to put the ball away next season
1: yeah, it'd be interesting because obviously we know that the money's there from the Jude transfer. Obviously, whether that gets used this window or not, obviously free signings so far, all of which free transfers, arguably not huge wages. So yeah, do we think that a large chunk of that money will get reinvested in a, you know, one marquee signing up front, perhaps? obviously that like you say you need to spend the money if you want 20 goals from a player you're not going to get them on a free transfer obviously unless you pull a absolute worldy fluke out of the bag like Norwich did with Pookie, for example but then it transfers are a one in a million chance of happening so do we need to put our money where our mouth is when it comes to getting a goal scorer?
0: I'd like to think with the business that they've done so far which has been really good um That they're saving their money for a really top quality striker or centre back, hopefully both. Um, I don't think we tend to need to be spending more than ten or twelve million in this window, Um, but I do think we need to spend a chunk of, uh, well, small small portion of that money on a good striker. But like I say, it doesn't need to be someone that's got a sell on value. It just needs to be someone that, that is. Regularly scored in the last two, two to three seasons. Knows the championship. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's what I think. Um, I think, I think, I think we'll probably go back in for Clark Sultan by the looks of it. Um, what would your view be on that one?
1: I think for me, it depends on what sort of deal it is. Obviously, you've got a loan. Is it a loan or? permanent. I've seen the rumours of us going back in for him um, and obviously a couple of um, people have said that he'd want to come back to us but I think it all depends on, on like I say last season after the restart he was completely unrecognisable to the player that he was pre-Covid lockdown and, and when the push came to the shove and, and we needed someone to, to fight for the shirt in those final few games I think his mind was always on the fact that it doesn't matter for me I'm going back to Chelsea regardless this summer um, so if it's a loan deal and obviously I don't want to tempt fate but if you know typical Blues fashion we end back up in that sort of situation I mean even when we fight our way out of it we get south point to deduction and end up back in it anyway so you know we are always want to take it to the wire and I want players who are there knowing that this is their their club and they've got to fight for it. If he's a loan deal, I'd, he showed me too much last season that he, he wouldn't fight in that sense. I don't want to sound too harsh. I think he's a very good player. But I think, yeah, permanent I'll take if he wants to come. And obviously the money's got to be right because there is players out there on a free deal Ayala for example who you could take and spend five million pounds on but what are your views?
0: Um, it's a difficult one I like Park Salter but uh, I wouldn't spend money on him personally I, I, I think we, like you say we could go and get a free agent like Ayala that would do the same job probably if not better with his experience that he has in the championship and he knows Karanka as well uh, again, it's paying the, the wages, uh, which is something we've tried to get away from, which has been a positive. We've tried to get away from uh, getting tied down on stupidly big contracts, which have uh, been a detriment to the club, club's finances. So, uh, I don't know if... I'm, I'm presuming Ayala's in a position where him and his agent are just sort of waiting the uh, the window out, seeing what sort of offers come in. There's a, there's a, there's a long while yet to go. So, then obviously not in a particular, uh, particularly in a rush. So, um, you know, I would I would like Ayala, but it would have to be at a on a decent wage, not twenty five grand a week. Or something stupid like that. I'm, what what would you would you take him?
1: I would take Ayala personally. Again, I wouldn't say twenty five grand a week it is. I don't know, not not on that sort of wages, but I yeah. think uh, I think it was inevitable the second that Karanka came in that his name was going to be bounded about straight away. Um, obviously as soon as Karanka was appointed, all the in the no accounts decided to say that Ayahala was coming to uh, West Hills to discuss deals and all that sort of nonsense, and obviously that's not come to anything. But if we could get him in on a um, a slightly modest wage. I don't see how a, you know maybe a two year deal could do any harm. Yeah. He knows Karank Karanka knows him. I mean he's every time off sealing play against us. He's looked solid. He puts his body on the line, gets his head to the ball, um and he's a he's a no nonsense defender, isn't it? You know, we've got players at the minute who um, Dean and Roberts, they do win their headers and they win their fair share of challenges, but they've got... They're just a walking calamity, weren't they, towards the end of the season? So, uh, just an accident waiting to happen. And I've never once seen that from Ayala when I've watched him play. So, he can only improve what we've got. But and I think it would link up well with Friend again. If Friend is going to be... Um, this left-sided centre-back that they're saying, um, can it be any harm making them a new then the new partnership? Perhaps
0: I'd be keen for it. It it just like I say, it's just what his agent's looking for um, and what sort of length contract he's after. Whether they can uh, come to some sort of compromise, but I'm sure there's going to be many clubs that are going to be sniffing around him anyway. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a difficult one with Ayala, but I would like a similar defender in that sort of similar mould, someone that's got experience in a championship, similar sort of age, uh, because I think I think we need we need to replace those the the, the centre of our defence drastically. Um,
1: yeah, and obviously following. Uh on from the central defence, uh, another key area that obviously needs um, plenty of strengthening, the goalkeeper position. Um, mm-hmm. Too many names linked to uh, to list them all in the remainder of the podcast, but obviously two of the key ones that we've seen, the bigger names, Darlow and Everidge linked Uh, Darlow fell fell through by the sounds of things Um, Newcastle weren't keen in the end on letting him go Efridge apparently wages the stumbling block which obviously touches on what we've been saying we don't want to give away too much in terms of uh, wages and then obviously now the most recent one uh, Phillips from Charlton Um, and they want £1 million to take him away Uh, where do your thoughts lie? on the uh, goalkeeper situation.
0: Yeah, I like the sound of Phillips. Uh, I think if we could pick him up at the sort of price that's been touted, around sort of £1 million to £2 million, it'd be a, a really good piece of business. And again, it wouldn't cost us the earth in wages. So uh, I think, obviously, I think a, a, a lot of supporters, the first choice probably would have been uh, Darlow, um, but that doesn't look like it's um, a goer now with the injury to Dubravka. Uh, and he's he's a solid number two as well at Newcastle, so it's very difficult uh, to, to do anything there, they, they, they'll want stupid money to let him go, and then Fridge, uh, I think that was just sort of more on the, along the lines of uh, wages too high once again he's on premiership wages um, still, so I think this is definitely the ideal sort of uh, goalkeeper we should go for i will keeping my fingers crossed on this one because I think that would be a really good signing if we can do something there
1: yeah, I agree, and um, uh, I know obviously Lee Camp has uh, made his fair share of penalty saves, but um, the one thing that stands out was the uh, penalty save at our place in the one-all draw after the restart from from Phillips. You know, solid hand to it, and it, you just you just seen in that game a, a keeper of you know he, he obviously he's not a world beater, but yeah a bit of quality about him you know more than good enough for a championship um, number one and like I say I think for one million pounds one and a half million pounds whatever it might end up being I think in time that's a steal if you can get him on a on a decent length contract Um, I think I'd imagine he's on reasonable wages I can't see him demanding too much compared to the other two so I don't see why we wouldn't go for it and the name's been heavily linked, so Absolutely. I imagine, I imagine we've there's been yeah. at least an inquirer by the sounds of things. Um, obviously, yeah, I think I think so.
0: I, his age is is right as well; he's twenty five, and um, it's perfect, really. Like the Etheridge and Darlow you know, 30, 31 this season. Um, I know goalkeepers go on and, on and on and on, but in terms of bringing a goalkeeper in, that will definitely have a sell-on value potentially and I think it makes a lot of sense to get him in uh, so yeah like I say uh, you know bring someone like that in get a couple of better experienced defenders uh, a striker that have scored 20 goals and we'll be uh, looking good next season
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. want too much do we?
0: <laughs> not a lot no, nah, not a lot I mean, but, in terms of the striker, what sort of, just off the top of your head, what sort of striker, you know, whether it be alone or what, what sort of strikers would you, be, would you have in mind? Who would you go for next season?
1: I mean, I've seen all sorts of names banded about you know, for years, well, since Jay Adams left off, I'd say years, well, start of last season, you know, but he was linked with Gail, he was linked with, you know, Ivan Tony's name's been bandied about. Don't get me wrong, God, I'd, I'd love Ivan Antona down the blues, I don't think we can compete with, I don't think we can compete with any of the clubs that are linked with him otherwise. Brentford have apparently agreed a fee with him again this evening, so that doesn't look like a goer. And I don't think we'd put rising up to £12.5 million on the table for one player. Um, Looking at the business done so far, that's a a definite non-starter. I don't really know who's out there that's, readily available for us in terms of the the suits the, the Karanka mould if you will um, my friend who I speak to a fair bit who is unfortunately a Villa fan so I won't mention him again after this he says he'd used it six months before we see Patrick Bamford in a blue shirt yeah. um, I can't see that personally but I know is obviously a fan and Leeds are looking to replace him on the front line so yeah, you know, if, you, if you're are. looking at if you're looking at a fairy tale song, so to speak, up there, I think that would probably be your, your long shot. I honestly don't know who I'd go for personally. Though you can't really take a punt on a on a, a relative unknown in the Spanish league. We've done that with Jimenez, it didn't work. You need a proven goal scorer in England, and there's not really that many about available. Really no, I
0: agree, I think. I think we even need to pull off an absolute worldie in terms of a loan from a premiership club somewhere. Or we need to get a chequebook book out and uh, put a serious fee down for a striker. Otherwise, I think we're going to struggle in the in the goals department next season again.
1: One player that I do like the look of, and he's not necessarily a, you know for the goals, but just to throw the name out there, is... Um... Kirk from, I think it's Crew, the young lad. I think he's a right sided player. I don't know why that name's just come to my mind, but he looks like a handful. When I've seen him play last season, he's a young lad, obviously okay. going to have to sell on potential. I'd like to see us go for some of these young lads in the lower leagues, especially yeah, lots of okay. crew you've seen that have brought players through before, you know, Nick Powell, for example, who uh, didn't really cut it at United, but you know, on his day, he's got talent. And I think a couple of the young lads there that got promoted with him this season—they're going to—they're—they're they're of the same sort of standard. Yeah, we could. I think ones.
0: so. I, I mean, I—I'd go. I'd have a look at a few at Like, You know, that Doherty that scored against us the other other day—that's a useful player. And, and uh Cordy Bond, I think his his name mm. is. Another really useful player. They've got some really useful forward players there. Uh, I'm
1: surprised we haven't tried to take advantage of Wigan's situation as well, if I'm honest. There's, there's a, there was a handful of players at Wigan that I'd have liked and still is I would of mine. Sam Morsey in the midfield, for example. Um, but yeah. you look at the names that they've moved on. Yeah, Jamal Lowe ended up at Swansea today. Um, Williams in the midfield, who's a... Was that Good player. Um, obviously, Robinson's gone from there, which I never think was a realistic one for us, but you don't try, you never know, do you, really? I suppose. And but is it sh- we could have got Jamal Lowe from Wigan, I think, if we put the money if we got there before Swansea?
0: I think we've got better, to be, if, if I'm honest. I think we've got better, um, in, in that sort of position, I think. Um. But yeah, I agree. There are players at Wigan, but Crank has obviously come in and he's, he's been given a green light in terms of getting his own targets in. So he's obviously got his own targets in mind, uh, which is really pleasing, really pleasing to know that he's kind of got free reign now to get what he wants to get in, um, which is uh, really good news. And uh, I'm sure we'll see four or five. Interesting names coming to the club in the next sort of month or so. I, d- I definitely don't think business will be completed before the first game, unfortunately. We'll have to make do with what we have. But, um, like anything with this window, unfortunately, everything comes down to the, like, the last sort of day, really, in terms of deals and transfers and wages, etc. I, et
1: I can see us being busy right down to the final minute. You know, sometimes it's a yeah. stressful time, isn't it? Especially when. Um, I think the last time I thoroughly enjoyed a deadline day, which I probably shouldn't have done really, was a uh, redneck deadline day, because you knew you'd spend money. Ultimately, it got, it us, a, it got us points to <laughs> You know, that was the last time I was comfortable and happy watching a deadline day, rather than sitting there thinking, oh God, we still need a striker, we still need this, that and the other. Um, yeah. You know, you've always got that, that pessimistic view on it, haven't you? But like I say, I think Karanka knows what he wants. Um, you've got to give it the time, as he said in his uh, in his welcome press conference. You can't rush all these signings through in a week, two weeks. You've got to. You've, some negotiations can get drawn out. Some of the targets might not be available until towards the end of the window. They might be looking for replacements for them before they sell all sorts of things. So, yeah, but, there's. I do have do have high hopes for oh, you say at least three or four you say interesting first team names as well. You know, I want I want names that are going to come in and, and improve the starting level, not just the squad. Um, because obviously it was evident at last season that what, what we had at the minute isn't gonna really threaten anything. Towards the top <laughs> half of the table, um, and ultimately, I think that's what Karanka's come here for—is to to get in and around that in a twelve months' time, and the building for that starts now. I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think um, I don't think he's uh, gonna. I don't think he's looking to build a side for promotion next season. I think he's looking to build a, a stable side, um, a side that's going to. Um, you know, stay away from uh, any trouble next season and hopefully, you know, build from there. That's what that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, you know, I'm not deluded enough to think we're going to be anywhere near the top six. I'd love it, but it's, in re- reality, it's not going to happen. So if we finish sort of 12th to 14th or you know, 14th to sort of 10th position in there the next season, uh, yeah, that'd be good. And then we'll build from there and see what the, the next windows bring.
1: Yeah. So, and right, we'll round off the podcast. We did get sent a couple of questions on Twitter over the past few weeks just to touch base on. Uh, first one, we've kind of touched base on already, but uh, we was asked, if Blues could bring in Ayala on £25,000 a week, would you sign one less player to get him in or not sign him at all, and instead bring in three players on eight pounds a week to increase the squad depth? So, would you take one Ayala on twenty-five grand or three eight grand a week players for the depth of the squad?
0: I think um, (laughs) that's a tricky question. Um, I think it's that's a difficult one. Um, I would personally take Ayala. Um, I like the experience he has. He's still he's still twenty-nine, so still got some couple of years in his legs as well. Um, I would I I would take him. I think we do need, although we didn't need quantity, unfortunately, we need some quality as well at the same time. So it's, a, it's very difficult. I, I would I would go for the quality first because quantity-wise, we do have uh, we do have the development squad that we
1: can um, you know pad out um, in places. Yeah, which leads us on to the next question, actually, um, which is who do you think will be the breakout player of the fringe players in the coming season? Which we touched base on before the uh, before the recording. Yeah, uh, for, me, I for me, it's Odin Baylor if we keep him around for twelve months.
0: I agree. I uh, agree with you there. Um, I think Bailey's this is his season now. Is this is this is his breakthrough year for him? So it's a big big year for him. I think um, he's gonna have a lot of competition by the looks of it as well, which is good. Um, so hopefully I'll push him on. I think uh, I think another player that interests me could be uh, Reed. I do think that he might be on the periphery next season. Um, and um, yeah, I think he, he'll he be in and around the first team for sure. So he may get a chance.
1: Out there. Uh, we were asked, do you think we need more pace in the team? Most teams seem to have more pace than us in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, we definitely need more pace. We need pace in the number nine position and we definitely need pace um, at centre-back. <laughs> Um, well, all across the back four. To be honest, we need more pace because I, I don't think Colin and Pedersen are particularly quick, and they get caught out a lot in the, uh, sort of positionally. Um, so yeah, I think we need a, a lot more pace in the side.
1: And yeah, and then the other one again. We've we've spoke about it on the recording already, but do you think we need a new centre back pairing? Um. Uh, yes. we've said potentially Ayala and um, friend, but obviously, yeah, I think that's a simple enough one to answer, isn't it? I think that's uh, nailed on certainty. I
0: think I think if we had, and oh, we can both answer this question, um, our friend and Ayala at the back, or Dean and Roberts, who would you choose?
1: Uh, that's not one that I need to answer. What do you, I think every <laughs> single Blues fans in agreement on that one. Um. And that's not to say that, you know, Dean and Roberts don't have their uh, their perks as well. You know, obviously, Roberts takes a mean long throw that we do nothing with. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Dean, I'll come back to you on what his positives are. I need to do a bit of brainstorming, <laughs> but, <laughs> but... No, they have. Uh, yeah. I and a friend all the way. Absolutely. But yeah, that's... <laughs> just about what we've got time for on this episode anyway but we're going to be doing another episode next week obviously just to review the season hopefully a few more additions uh, through the door by then uh, a couple more friendlies played as well Spurs at the weekend I think we've got Warsaw as well have week by any chance next yeah, week Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously yeah leading up to the, uh, the the big home clash against Cambridge on Saturday in the Carabao Cup so um, yeah Join us all again next week. Send us your questions on Twitter and on Instagram at Blues Focus Pod. Um, like I say, it's going to be a weekly episode on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Sports Social Podcast Network. Plus.